0: good morning good afternoon good evening this is the back pew thank you for listening to us today wherever however you may be listening i am caesar here with justin and nick we have a great show in store for you today today we're going to continue our bible discussions the topic is romans 2 we're going to be covering some of the hypocrisy of religious people and how do we avoid being judgmental and reveal about god's righteous judgment So with that, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Back Pew. Here we go.
1: All right, so... But's uh I was thinking it'd be good just to kind of you know walk through a little bit of one Roman's one kind of where we left off cuz I know Yeah probably a lot of people have skipped around with our uh episodes episodes yeah thank you thank you yeah, So I think it might be good to just kind of briefly go over that and uh and walk us through a little bit of you know the context of what Paul's talking about in Roman's 2
2: Right. So the, the last time we talked about Romans and, you know, just for the record, I thought, man, this is a good one and an easy one. It's, it's really a passage of self-reflection, right? So what it forces me to do is someone who is, you know, uh, religious, um, it forces me to reflect. It forces me to look at myself and go, am, is this me now? What he's doing in chapter 1 is essentially the same thing right he's saying um you know any way you want to look at it this is um this is paul attacking the gentile christians um and he actually goes through uh goes from 118 after he kind of all unites them in one chapter chapter 1 verse 16 he kind of he kind of gets onto the gentiles and what they're doing right and um he exposes uh their unwillingness to acknowledge God right in one verse twenty and then he then he proceeds to talk about how God gave them over to certain lusts and certain passions um in verse twenty four and verse um, twenty six and in verse twenty eight right he says and and the last one being that God gave them over to a depraved mind. And so I, I I thought this uh passage was super relevant to our culture um because there's a lot of people in this world who just live by the seat of their pants um and they live to chase self and they don't really sit back and reflect about what's best for them. Um and then in chapter 2 he's still talking to the Gentile, the gentiles, right? Yeah. Um he's still kind of um Getting on their case until we get to chapter 2 and verse 17 is where he flips the script and says, you know, after the the, the the Jews are sitting there going, yeah, get him, Paul, you get him, You know, he flips the script and he says, but if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness, corrector of foolish, and a teacher of the immature, having the law, the embodiment of knowledge and of the truth. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach? So he goes on with these rhetorical questions,
1: right? right? Um, about, But if you, you know, if you look at just that couple of sentences on its own, it almost sounds like he's talking about himself, I, I think. Right, really, because you have to see, think that he was doing that himself. He was going around. He was the most righteous. He was the one holding people's shirts while they're casting stones on these people who are a subset mm. of the Judaism or Judaism itself, right? And so, right. He, to me, it almost seems like he's he's I don't know, getting after himself, knowing that other people are doing the same thing. Right, right, yeah. That's a that's an or, interesting or was doing, I guess. Yeah. Right? I don't know. It was just something that I, you know, I I thought about, and I thought, well, oh, that's kind of an interesting thought. I mean, obviously, there's no way I could prove it, but right. usually when people are getting after somebody else, and it seems like they know exactly what the other person is doing, even though they don't, it it might be, it might be just that, uh, you know, they're the ones who were doing it at one point. Mm. And so now they're explaining what they did because they know that you're falling into the same trap.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes totally sense, though, right? Because he is a human being, right? And then all of this is the—he was given the word by by God, right? Now he's spreading it to the Gentiles and true. everyone else. So that happens to everybody in general. When you start reading the text and you're you're preaching about things and you're like, well, that's true. Do I practice these things myself? Like he kind of like we were saying, he goes on to all these other things. While you preach against stealing, do you do you steal? Right. Who you say that one must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? So it kind of asks himself the same questions. Right. So it totally makes sense the way Justin says it. Yeah. He may have done some of these things. And then when he's realizing this, like I said, us in general, we think about it. So it's. it's, Yeah. Right. But he also recognizes the behavior that's taking place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um,
2: As a familiar behavior. Yeah of himself right so it's it's not that he's directly talking at himself but calling out the behavior of normal jewish people right right people in general because they have it because because this is where this is like you know we're talking about the over righteous right here right we're not talking about the self-righteous we're talking about the over righteous we're talking about the people who are like well you know i have the law and you know look how yeah, look how look how look how Christian I am. Look how you know. Look how good of a disciple of Jesus. I mean, this whole text to me just screams "Practice what you preach." Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly what it's. And and how many people in this world don't practice what they preach?
1: Um, pretty much everybody, was, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we we all have tendencies to be hypocrites every once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but but some people more than most, I'm sure. Right. So, uh, but, but I mean, even when you look in Judges, you could see that I think what's interesting is how in chapter one he's talking about letting them over to their depraved mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically the embodiment of what is seen in from Joshua into Judges, right? You could see the 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 spiraling away from God and and how he allows them to kind of get pushed over into their own depraved minds, and, and I think it's the same same sort of situation still takes place, right? Which is one of the interesting things of uh, when you start reading into the Old Testament, how it still is a, a, applicable uh, in certain situations, right?
2: Sure. Sure. So, does Caesar have a question? You look like you're contemplating something over there. No, I'm.
1: I'm reading. I'm reading. Is there a song that you made up for this? Caesar has a question.
2: Yes. Caesar's got a question. Caesar's got a question. Oh, that's
1: Caesar's the... got
2: a question. I wonder what it is. No, he doesn't have one. <laughs> that's all right. He's still <laughs> He's throwing it over there. That's all right. So, I mean, yeah, uh, it screams practice what you preach so what what i mean maybe what i'll ask you guys is is this um you know why wouldn't somebody practice what they preach what's the gain from not practicing what you preach
1: you look good yeah but that's basically it you look good so if if you're if you're doing it intentionally you're probably just trying to look good in front of your friends or in front of your peers or in front of whatever so you can gain something out of it. Either you gain power or you gain authority or you gain something uh, something of value.
2: Right. It's almost, it almost seems like it's a performance. Sure. It could be kind of a performance. Like hypocrisy could be, right? Yeah. Like Matthew chapter 6, you know, beware of practicing your righteousness before men that you may be noticed by them. Sure. Right? Um, you know, and the idea of the, no the pharisees there you know standing on the street corners and praying and saying look at me you know and when they're when they're fasting they have the gloomy you know the dirty face you know and when they're um when they're praying or what is it they said praying giving fasting right
1: yeah yeah, well then praying praying, they're out in the middle of the street oh yeah that's showing (laughs) it off right
0: (laughs) yeah right i got those mixed up i think i got the question now so Basically, it talks this talks a lot about hypocrisy and people being judgmental, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, So how do we avoid being judgmental while recognizing our own shortcomings? How can we apply this principle in our own interaction with others? That's a good question, right? So when he gets done
2: at the end of chapter one, he says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on one another condemn yourself. But you... Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that that judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, that do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? So he tackles this concept here that we have no right to... Judge anybody, right? Because right? sometimes you'll get Christians, and they're like, "Well, you know, you, you can only judge if
1: you judge with a righteous judgment." Have you ever heard well, that? Even even non Christians say that sort of thing. Well, you can't
0: judge. Only God can judge, judge me. me, right? I've heard that a bunch of times. Is that wrong or right? Well, how do we avoid being judgmental? How do we avoid it? Well, yeah, I don't think I don't. Can we avoid it? Can we avoid it? Yeah. <laughs> no. What? I mean, ask but yourself: Can you avoid can, it? Yeah. No, you can't avoid
1: it. No, because you're judging all the time, right? Did you didn't you judge what your your son wore this morning? Like, you shouldn't be wearing that, right?
0: I just, you, just you played, it. Or no.
1: You. No. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's my point, right? It d- d- doesn't matter. You're right. full. There's full of judgments. It's a wrong type of judgment and a right type of judgment. That's what we're we're clarifying here. So, right. what's the right type of
2: judgment then? Like, what what is there a right way to judge? Yeah. Is there a right what, I, how? It,
1: what do you mean how? I, I is is there a right way? I'm trying to uh, figure out how to answer the question. Like, by, like is
2: it okay to judge without voicing what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay,
0: why not? Is there is there but, so so but why, but then but then in, I think it says it in Romans two sixteen. That Paul speaks about God judging the secrets of men through Christ. So right. I think right there it also says two sixteen. Sorry, look. Yeah, he you know, he's basically saying, hey, be careful because of men by yeah on that day when according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. So right. that means you're still gonna get judged even for your thoughts, right? Right. right that is right. it's God's job though. Yeah, it's not our job to do that, but but right. it's our job to if
1: I have a brother who's doing something. Right, I believe it's it's more of a brother issue than an mm-hmm. outside the church issue. So, if I'm if I know that uh, Nick, you shouldn't be doing that, right? And so I'm gonna take the time and say, hey Nick, please don't don't pick your nose, I don't, or I don't, whatever, right? <laughs> Something weird, okay? I'm just gonna pick on that because why not, right? Hey dude, you shouldn't be picking your nose. And you're like, oh, okay, no problem. And then I see you doing it again, and then but also Caesar saw it. So then now we come together and we're like, okay, dude, we saw you do this a couple times already. I know it's difficult, right? But if you keep doing it, we're not
2: going to do the podcast with you anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly, right. We're we're done <laughs> because you're getting it all over the the point. right? Yeah. This isn't this isn't going to work out, right? So, uh, which is the more biblical way of approaching, you know, some sort of a judgment on somebody? But I think. Judgment based upon, you know, oh my goodness, that guy's wearing the wrong shirt or the wrong pair of pants. No, that's not, that's not the right kind of. And you can come at it like that. But,
2: uh, but I also think they're, they're in, in coming and confronting what someone is struggling with. You have to come with grace too. You know, you have to come at it from an angle of like, hey, I could fall in the same entrapment, right? I could fall into the same trap, you know? I could be telling him not to do it, and the next next day I'm tempted on my way to work to pick my nose. You know, that's unrealistic, but, (laughs) you know, but then that makes you a hypocrite, right? Sure. So what in the world did you bring that brother out for, right? And and then there's judgment that pushes people away, right? There's the kind of judgment where it's like, you know, um, you know, for example, we can't hold non Christians to Christian standards. Right? Yeah, correct. So if, so, like you said, and I think you pointed out perfectly that you know if a if a, I mean I think it's uh, hey Caesar, would you pull up? Um, can you pull up Galatians chapter six, verses one and two? Just pull that up real quick.
1: It's a brother or sister. It's not necessarily. Right. Uh, someone outside the church, uh, the church family, right? Because yeah, it's it's something that we should be doing internally, like a brother and a sister, not like not from a stranger to another stranger. Hey, uh, you shouldn't be doing that because the Bible says so. Well, right? You're not held to that standard, but God will God will hold you to the standard. Not well, me. It's not my responsibility to hold you to that, but it's my responsibility to warn you if you're a believer, and I know you are, and we share the same viewpoints. I'm going. It, you know, eventually, if you're continuing to do stuff that I know is wrong, I'm going to say, hey, uh, probably not a good idea to do that, and here's why I think that. I, I don't see that as complete judgment because I'm not the one placing the final judgment, but I, it's more of a warning or a concern.
2: Well, yeah, and I think that's a better way to approach it. The 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 thing that you have to be, I mean, I think you have to be extremely careful of is, is um, well, okay, let's take a teaching of Jesus, for example, right? Um, What does he say in uh, in chapter seven? Right, we judge someone's speck while we have a log in our own. Yeah, yeah, plank in our own in our own eye. Right.
1: Yeah, he's basically saying, hey, you need to be paying attention to what you've got going on before you start placing a judgment on somebody or trying to help remove a speck out of somebody. Sure. You've got the. I think the way that I took it was like if I'm dealing with the same problem you are, then I need to work on myself before I start trying to work on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm more of a self, I'd like a uh, non people person anyways. <laughs> I guess that's the way I would put it. That's yeah. the right way. Anyway, I don't see my, I, I don't go actively out to try and I don't gain a lot of having, by having other people annoyed by me. Sure. Right. Sure. N- nor do I gain a lot by having a bunch of friends. It's not what I do, but I think that that when you do have something that's going on in your life and you see it in somebody else's life, I'm not going to take an issue that I'm dealing with and pretend like, you know, Nick needs to fix that problem because Nick's got a problem and I don't. Right. But the reality is I have the same problem as Nick. Wait, but if it's Something Gleason six one and two. But if it's something that I've already overcome, yeah, right. I've already I've already been through that before. I think it's our responsibility to help. The other believer out. Like, sure, and hey, an understand.
2: unselfish, in an unself-righteous manner.
1: Right, because you're—it's
2: yeah. a help out. Right, right. I'm. It's so all fine. I mean, that's but what you described there is perfect. Is perfect for this. You know, the self-righteous. Right, right. Like if I if I have if I'm you know, and it's funny I've heard stories of Christians before where you know they would hammer this one subject or this one topic or this one idea. Right. And then later it would come out, right? Or these, you know, you know, these preachers would hammer this one topic or this one idea or this one subject, well, like, hammering, like hammering, 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 hammering. Right oh yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, let's And then go. later, later it would come out that they actually had a problem,
1: right? They had like with ten,
2: that thing, ten wives. Was, yeah, yeah, they were cheating on their, you know, they were currently, you know, caught in an affair, or you know, there was some weird thing that they were doing. Yet they were the one judging other people, right? For for making sense. or or telling people not to. do that. that. Don't do that. Or if you do that, you need to, you know, repent of your sins. Right. Right. When in reality there, and and that's exactly what Jesus talks about in, in Matthew chapter seven, he says, for in the way that you judge, in the way that you judge, you will be judged by your standard of measure and it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not notice the log in your own eye? Right. Or how can you say, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own. You hypocrite. What do you have to do? First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's. I mean, Jesus is talking about the self-righteous here. He's talking about a group of people who are more concerned with the glory of men than they are with the glory of God, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're 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 more concerned about uh, themselves, self glorification. Yeah, they're right. They're making themselves look good by saying, "Well, look at what you're doing. You need to fix this problem. I don't have that problem." Mm-hmm. But in in secret. They're the ones with the issue, and that comes back to what you were talking about, and what was that, uh, thirteen or fourteen? Romans two fourteen something yeah. like that. It yeah. Basically, it's God's the one that's going to look at the heart. So if you're the one, uh, basically with a log in your eye, right, accusing somebody else of not having that issue, or somebody of having that issue while you have the issue yourself, and and pointing it out and having a big old deal about it, yeah sure you're you're the, you're gonna be judged in the end of what's going on in your heart what are you doing
0: but what if what's going on in your heart you're thinking it's good but it's actually not though
1: well i think i think everybody
0: Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like I i read this one book once right it talks about the infamous al capone that he was doing all this bad but yet when they interviewed al capone he thought he was doing good in his eyes hmm. so what if you what you're doing i mean i know there's an extent right right that's deception deception that's deception
2: yeah delusion right mm-hmm.
0: yeah you can you can convince yourself of a lie but that right? but that, but what if that's what you think I'm delusional but I think you're delusional and like right. and I think my way is is that's pride but but uh, okay no, 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 what I guess what I'm <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say though is that there's certain it's, things that are extreme and I understand that no matter what that's delusional you think that adultery is fine that's delusional okay yeah. I get you but what if it's other little Thoughts that you have in your head, though, like what? I can't come up on one. I'm sorry, <laughs> because <But laughs> like, I'm not having those thoughts. I'm not the one who's thinking right. crazy like Maybe. that, right? But
2: again, like, it goes back to that's God's responsibility. Like thinking, any like anyways. thinking that by stepping on someone's toes or pushing them away, or, 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 or Arras- hammering them, or har- harassing them, or, you know, um, uh-huh. is is gonna is gonna make them
0: closer to God? I guess you kind can of say it like, that way, you know? Like, yes, <laughs> if you keep hammering about. You know, what you're doing is bad in the in eyes the guys of, guys of God, but you're hammering it in them. Are you becoming in the wrong now to yeah. hammer these things in? Yeah, right. But, yeah, you're again, you're thinking that you're doing right, though. Like sure. You were saying, right? And right? it's a responsibility yeah. of another brother or two to confront that person. What if there's yeah. no one to confront? Like, say it's okay, your own brother okay, okay, trying okay, to let's... confront you and bashing something into your head, which she thinks is religiously right, but you don't agree with it. But she's over there now, like we said, bashing it. Who is gonna control your mom? Who's gonna control my mom and from bashing like that? Belief of what you're doing is wrong, though. Like from the church kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Just,
2: just let, let it, her, let let it, let it, it up, go. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. You know, they think you're crazy, but you know, like uh, you know, I, I've said before, I always ask those, I always ask God to make those people eat their words. You know, mm-hmm.
1: right? Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, yeah. The. uh... The, well, the verses that I use is like whenever Jesus sent out his his uh, disciples to go, um, you know, tell the other cities around that uh, of what God was doing and to mm-hmm. heal them and right and tell them that the kingdom of God has come near. Right. Right. And then if the town didn't have peace and the town didn't want anything to do with them, then they were to you know, shake the dust off their feet and move on. Right. Sure. And I kind of feel like sometimes there's people like that that clearly. Clearly, they don't have the ability to reason, nor do they want to reason. Right. Uh, then usually, I'll you know shake the dust off your feet and go okay, and you just move on because there's no fixing. It. It's not your job any longer. Right. Right. Um, you know, and you can uh, you know, but that's I
2: mean, you want to talk about an element that you know, or the I, I guess you could say the the antidote to self-righteousness is humility right because the the um the um the adage i guess you could say to self-righteousness is uh pride right like you think you're you know it's like you said like you're you're telling yourself you're doing well you're constantly telling yourself oh i'm doing good oh i'm right with god oh look at all these religious right religious acts that i'm doing Oh look at this. Oh look at that. That's puffing you with pride. Right? So the the antidote to that would be having the ability to be humi- to be humble, right? And say, you know what? Maybe I wasn't right on that. Maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I treated that person wrong. Maybe, you know, um I I blew my top and that was the wrong thing to do. Maybe, right, maybe my pride got the best of me, right, so so you could sit there, but then there are people who don't who don't reflect internally, they don't sit there and go, "Oh well, what about me?" They just go, "Oh yeah, 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 that guy, that guy right there, he did that, you know that guy that look at all the mistakes he made, right, and you start pointing the finger, and what it causes you to do is to stop reflecting internally, and ultimately, that puts you in a wrong position with God because you forget
0: that. God is ultimately going to judge you. Right? Right. So, my next question would be actually is that if we read in Romans from 12 to 15, you know, it starts off with, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and who have sinned under the law. So, we keep going all of this. And then, from what I kind of read, is one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different times law is mentioned in those little paragraphs. Yeah. What law are we talking about? The law of Moses. Right. The law of but,
1: Moses. So you have to realize that the law is is the uh standard for judgment. Right? The law's always been the standard for judgment. The, the, you just you could take the 316 rules that they have or you could just take the 10 commandments, which is fine, but that's the law. Is the law the 10 commandments? Is that? Yeah, what it basically is? well you're talking about all the Levitical laws as well. Um uh, but that's what they're looking at, as far as for, from the Jewish perspective, right? So the law is always it's always there, um, but for the most part, it's summed up in the in the Ten Commandments, which is also summed up a second time by Jesus, right? So when you look at the law in its totality from the Old Testament viewpoint, which is what these Jews are looking at, um, <clears throat> what they're what they're seeing is, uh, you know all these different specific things that they're supposed to not do or do. And so when he's referring to being under the old law completely or under the new law completely, it's like a day and night sort of a situation going on, right? So you can't choose one at one point and then the other at another point and mm. mix it. That's what he's trying to say. You can't mix the two the two rules. Uh, but... Uh, what he's also saying is that everybody has the law written on their hearts now, which was a prophecy in in one of the minor prophets talks about it, right? right, Where Jesus is saying, I think Hosea maybe, where he's saying, hey, the, I'm no longer going to give you the law because you won't need it. You won't need to know the law. No one will say, know the law. Everybody knows it, mm. right? Because I'm going to write it on everybody's hearts mm. so that they know it's that, what it is. Right, and so that's why a lot of the time when you're talking to somebody who's a non-believer who doesn't want to believe, they're like, "Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think murder's good." Okay, well, why? Mm-hmm. Well, because they don't think it's good. Well, right. Well, where did that come from? Right. Who decided it wasn't good? <laughs> right. Right. And so the who decided it wasn't good, or the moral standard that it came from, it's the moral standard's coming from God, and He's placing it on your heart. Right. That's that's what I mean by. Everybody will know the law. And I think that's also what, what Paul is basically saying here is that everybody knows the rules, right? And so you can't say you don't know it, but you can't you also can't say, Well, I'm gonna, you know, view these laws and not these ones this time around. And I'm only gonna do this and not that one because I don't feel like it. Right. It's it's either all in for the old testament or all in for the new. But the old the old testament laws will get you nowhere. Because you know offerings and sacrifices God didn't desire. that's not what he was looking for. It was a heart change mm. in, in his people, and it, his people rejected that. Sure. The other thing um, I think we need to point out here
2: for all who's, who all has, is all who have sinned without the law. And then he mentions at the end of verse twelve, all who have sinned under the law. Now um, if, if go over to Romans chapter three because I feel like this is a common theme we find him saying what for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god right so essentially essentially what we're seeing here is him is him you know it's like a precursor to what he's going to get to in chapter three and what he's really going to, and the problem he's really going to deal with, right? Because he's been dealing with it. He dealt with the Gentiles in 18 through 34, and then he dealt with the Jews in in 17 through 24. And then he deals with everybody in chapter three and he levels the playing field. And he says, you know, it, not, it wasn't just Jews. It wasn't just Gentiles, right? He even does it again. He does even does it in, in 12. He says, those who've sinned without the law and those who've sinned with the law. Right. Will be judged by the law, mm-hmm. period. Right, uh, and then it is for for it is not, and this is important. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law who are justified. Right. So it's not the people that just you know. I mean, you want to want to put this in perspective a little bit. You know, you could say something like, "Okay, yeah, I go to church and I hear a sermon every Sunday. You know, but do I just hear it or I do do I do it? Right." Um, do I, do I, is, am I being patted on the back to, you know, make myself feel better or am I really being convicted by what the word is telling me? So then you throw the other side of it as well. Am I, am I a doer or am I a hearer? Right? Because. Sure. Her. You look like you had. Something. Well, yeah, I,
1: do. well <laughs> he, I was thinking about it a little bit more on that on that line of thought. Of uh, you know, he's bringing you. He's uh, bringing up the point that everybody everybody sinned and falls short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's the point. Yeah. Um, so he's showing. He's trying to, in these. I, I don't know. Thinking about it, it's almost like he's trying to bring out the fact that it doesn't matter what you do, right. Everybody has the problem. Everybody's sick. Right. Right. He's pointing out the sickness, right. which is the sin. Right. The sin is the sickness. And the only way to do it is to say, yeah, everybody has the law. Everybody has issues with the law. Everybody's breaking the law. Right. So therefore, everybody's a sin and shall sh- uh, fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now, now then later, I'm sure he's probably, well, is eh, it the cure? Right. Right. The cure for that. So. Anyway, right
2: and and what i think is is fascinating about this too is that all this time you're you're thinking okay well if the jews have sinned and the gentiles have sinned then who is not sinned
1: right Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nobody really. Read. Well. Yeah. Nobody. Because
1: I mean, there's not one, not one who's, who's, who who's not know. sinned. Right. And that's what he's going to get to in,
2: in chapter four and <laughs> chapter five.
0: Right. right. It even says it in chapter three, I think from 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law of the prophets bear witness to it the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ who believe all for there is no distinction. But before that, it actually says, oh my bad, chapter 319. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God for by by works of the law, no human being Mm -hmm. will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Right?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's he's basically saying without the law you wouldn't know you had sin to begin with, right? Because you didn't know you don't know what coveting is without me explaining what coveting is. Just like whenever my daughter does something, my son does something they shouldn't do, and it's the first time they've done it. I have to explain why it's something not to do. True. Sure. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because
1: then it goes going or they know. Or they know, know, they, or they know and they do it anyways. Yeah, sure, sure.
2: Because we all all of our kids have done that too. Yeah, it's like you've told them not to do that, they, they do it anyways,
0: right? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Then it continues yeah. saying, "For there is no distinction; for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." Right. Yes. Right, and that's that's the cure
1: for the disease. That's what I'm. That's what I was kind of pointing out. It's like He's. He's building up a point that everybody is sick, and then he has to show the cure afterwards, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't. I can't just give you a cure, right? So if I, if you come into my office, I'm, I'm a doctor, right? We'll play a game. I'm a doctor. You come into my office, and you're sick. But you think you're healthy. There's nothing wrong with you, mm-hmm. right? You think. And then I'm staying there with the charts, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy's sick, Right. Am I just gonna give him a bottle of pills and say, Here, you need this, because you're gonna say, I don't need pills. Why are you giving me pills for? What, what do I need this for? What's the point? Right? So the, the whole reason behind um uh, behind Paul discussing the law and everything is is for that so you understand why you needed the pills, mm-hmm. why you need the savior.
2: Right. Right. And and you could you could look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter nine. Uh, Nine twelve, he says, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Right? Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. And I did not call the righteous, but sinners. Right? And, and so, you know, hey, if somebody's if somebody's right, if somebody here is righteous, right, then they should be able to, then they shouldn't have this need for Jesus, right? If we could do it on our own, what do we need Jesus for? What do we need the gospel for? What do we need God for? right and that's kind of kind of the funny thing and i was thinking about this um thinking about this today um actually and it was this uh idea um that you know when you look at the creation story you go back to the beginning of genesis right god created man to co-rule and reign the world with him right In, uh, in other words there was a partnership there but when man decided to go his own way right and separate himself from god that's when the consequences of being apart from god took place and people don't really didn't really you know i don't think i don't think anybody you know other than adam and eve really understood the gravity of that right until you get to somebody like abraham where he is totally and completely connected to god so go down to chapter 4 verse 1 right and he starts talking about this guy abraham that everybody knows and he says what shall we say then right because he's trying to get them to understand the concept that that this that this you know salvation this jesus that you're following right it your your salvation or your righteousness or your grace didn't come by your works it came by your faith just like god's righteousness upon abraham came by his faith not by his works right
1: yeah, and then he goes he goes on to talk about uh, Noah, right? In uh, uh, chapter four, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, maybe. Oh, that's, by faith, it's the by faith, by faith, right? Goes on and oh, that's like, uh, Hebrews chapter eleven. Hebrews, thank you.
2: Yeah, Hebrews chapter eleven.
1: But yeah, it's, it's, it's there's a correlation between the two because it's, it's the same topic. Sure, covering the same topic.
2: Yeah, sure. Right. And, and you, well, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before that like the idea of like, you know, well, if I, if I check my church boxes, right. If I check my Christian boxes, I read my Bible, I pray and my heart's not really in it. What does it really do for me? Right. If I go to church and I sit there and I listen to a sermon and I sing and I pray and I talk with people, but my heart's not really in it. What does it do for me? Right? What is, what is the purpose of that? What? Why am I going? Do I even really, you know, and this is where I would ask myself if I found myself in that place is do I really even believe, right? If I found myself just checking boxes because I thought I needed to check boxes, that's the wrong attitude to look at it with too, is it not?
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Have I said
1: it all? It's... Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... I... I don't disagree with the the statement. I mean, it's a it's a problem, right? <clears throat> the other the other uh, kind of topic that we started talking about was uh, the circumcision of the heart, right? And the trans- and transformation that takes place, or what should take place. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the the idea that Paul is talking about about circumcision is obviously an actual one, right? Because he's talking to the Jews who. Are supposed to be uh on the eighth day circumcised with their male sure, and so what does that mean right so you're going back to the promise with with Abraham is what you're doing, so the covenant with Abraham was that he would uh circumcise all the males in his family mm-hmm. and that that way uh God knew that abraham uh the that would that would be the the covenant between God and Abraham to remember. This is that God made a promise to him that he would be
0: a uh, father of many nations. Right. Then God uh kind of foresaw this happening already and purposely made us males come out that way? What do you Make mean? Like, shot- well, I mean I'm just saying oh, I'm just saying you get chopped either way, so right? Well I mean like <laughs> some people don't, but Yeah, so then <laughs> does that mean that you're not longer in this covenant then no, you well, don't I don't have to be.
2: this, the this is the kind of, this is the exact problem that that's dealt with in Galatians, right? You've got a you've got a Uh, A group of people who are adhering to a to a Jesus plus concept of salvation. Right. right? Jesus plus the law. Yeah. Jesus plus the law. So so Paul's uh, proposition there is was, you know, if you want to talk about Abraham and the covenant was Abraham made the prop was the promise made to abraham before or after the circumcision right? before yes so uh, the exact point there right and paul does a couple of other things right like he talks about how he dealt with this this other gospel this false so gospel you're
0: saying that he he that god told him you got to chop it and then in, in, in order you're yeah. going to be well it was a sign no, of the covenant it was, it was a sign just, of the covenant it's like an idea how did that come across that's what he's saying you okay said that that happened before right but but, no but but hold on hold on let me let me let me try a different route okay okay
1: Uh, God's promise to man that he wouldn't flood the earth again was a covenant that he created basically upon himself that I'm not going to flood the earth again. I'm not going to kill everybody by flooding the earth. And what was the sign of that? The sign of that was the rainbow in the clouds. Okay? So when you see a rainbow, it's not, it's, yeah, it's for us to look at. It's pretty, but it's for God to remember. It's for him to remember, oh yeah, I'm not going to do this again. Right, mm. and so when God is telling Abraham to circumcise his uh, males in his family, it's for that. For it's a symbol. It's like um, wearing a wedding ring or something like that. Right, it's for us to remember God. It, it's a covenant between the the two parties, but it's not something that that's that covenant is over. There's a new covenant now.
0: What's the new covenant? Well, Christ died for us. Okay, right. Gotcha. So this is before yeah. Christ died. This is the old the covenant. Was that you got to chop, chop? Well, yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Back in the day, when you what you want. So no. fun, this is not on YouTube.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying. You know, maybe uh, maybe Nick's got a better explanation than I do. But I mean, the the the, the idea of the covenant, it's a, it's it's a it's a
0: binding transaction it's like buying a house is this romans right now romans that we're reading two and three and four is this all before jesus right no 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 this is after because it's still talking about in this blessing then only for the circumcised are also for the uncircumcised well, well he's dealing with a problem he's dealing with a problem that's happening
2: in rome there's some there are some jews that were you know most likely at pentecost who lived in rome Right. And they they heard um, they heard Peter and the apostles preaching and they were there during the time when Jesus crucified on the cross. And they did exactly what was said in Acts chapter two, and verse thirty eight. And they went back to wherever they came from and they started this church. And so and then, you know, probably Jews and Gentiles both right at that at that particular point and then you have this this con, this contrast of like okay now we're fighting like the gentiles are better than the jews and the jews are better uh, than the gentiles okay. right and so the the friction that paul is dealing with here is that we we there nobody has it better than anybody else yeah right, right. that he's he's leveled the playing field and when he's trying to get them to understand right so if you go if you go over to uh chapter 15 In verse one, when he 15, yeah, chapter 15, when he goes to apply all of this, um, hold on, 15 verse, uh, 15 verse 7. All
0: right, hang on tight, hang on tight, verse 12, 13, 14, and 15. What verse, uh, 15 verse 7. But let me explain to you
2: what's going on here. So at the end of chapter 11, he stops, like, his is, um, you know um talking about i guess what you would say is more doctrine between chapters one and verse 11 and chapters one and chapters 11 right and then chapter 12 is like his application of all that he's talked about in those first 11 chapters Mm -hmm. right and so what he's trying to get them to do is understand that you guys have to work together right and so fifteen verse seven. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ has also accepted us to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Right. So his his point there, I, I guess you could you could say, is that they have there. He's wanting them to work through this problem together and understand that nothing that either one did was good enough to get into God's good graces,
0: but Jesus Himself. So right? are, they, are they are they Jews still trying to. So again, the, why does it talk about a lot about circumcision in this then? Because they're still because that's so the ju- problem. So right, the problem is that the, 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 the so the problem is that the juice things were better than you because we're, ju- we're still oh, yeah we're ju- we we still still get getting chopped
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. and no, <laughs> there's it's not It's is they're better they they are the chosen. People of God. Yes. Right. And they're right. teaching Gentiles that are coming into the church they that
2: need
0: you to have need to this. be circumcised. That you need to be and chopped. Be in the no. or, and then Paul is telling them, no, no, they don't need to be chopped no more. Yes. Yes. That's yes. the old way of doing things. Right. right. Now says that right. the new way is because we were saved through right. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, saved right. through grace. Okay. So now. Not by works. Okay. Yeah. So now we that why we don't need to get chopped no more.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Some people still eat that. Now it's a medical kind of thing is out there for that. it's no longer because it's because if it was a medical thing. Yeah, it's not a religious thing anymore. Well, yeah. If it
1: was if it's a medical thing, then God actually knew what he was doing when he told him to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's why
0: he created us like that in the first place. I don't know. God is the way He made us. You know, it's one of those I questions you can ask. Get there. Get there. I, I got to read between lines. They <laughs> <laughs>
2: see Like, like God standing in front of everybody. Does anybody have any questions, Caesar? I.
0: <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting to ask you for this one. Chop, chop. Hi, God. Hi, God, Caesar. with <laughs> that? Hi, God, Caesar. Born 1989. And to this. Um, I know. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I know you know. But, uh, why? Well, anyways, well it's because it's kind of chop chop. <laughs> well, because <laughs> chop chop. But why chop uh, chop? It, guys, it was really a
2: joke. That's all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, but that's no. that's kind of that's kind of crazy though, right? Like that's that's the problem that they're dealing with, right? So the same problem is dr- addressed in Galatians, right? When you read the book of Galatians, like you go to the first, you go to the first ten verses of Galatians. What? Now I
0: got. It. <laughs> So, uh, well, I guess this will be another question for God, then, right? It's like, well, why did Jesus have to be born at that specific time? Like, was the world going for a back letter where it's like going to complete crap? That okay. We need a new way to save the world, and we're gonna, and I'm going to send Jesus now he, and compared to when he sent it to before the, to the chop chops, yeah. Okay, so that's uh, an interesting question. It is a
1: God question, but if you look at the history and, and how long things took to spiral out of control, I, get, I think that you're right in assuming that the world was going toward, towards crap. Even
0: worse, Speed, yeah, that right? that chop chop wasn't enough anymore.
1: No, it's not that it wasn't enough, it's that people were becoming hypocrites, uh-huh. right? Just like what uh, Paul's addressing here. But they were now. becoming, they were falling away, just like they did, um, you know, during uh, Judges, right? They're just doing what they feel is right in their own eyes and not following what God has taught his people to do. And so, so God chose his, the timing. I believe for multiple reasons one the world's a lot of, a smaller place back then. So mm-hmm. but go ahead. No,
2: you I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you um uh how cuz you already know the answer to this, but how many years were the Israelites in slavery in Egypt?
1: 400 I was going to say okay okay and how
2: many how many years from the time because I don't know this one and I haven't done the math on it but I'm I'm curious if you know um how many years from the from uh Joshua to David Do you know? If you don't know that's fine.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's somewhere around the same number. Okay. And then <laughs> And then no, yes, I right? literally
2: somewhere around the. And, and then how many usually t- a multiple of seven or right? So how many years? And then uh, the question would be how many years from it's ge- David's, Yeah, usually generations. Well, yeah, so they would say generations, but we would say years. So uh, I'm curious if it's the same time period between David and the exiled Babylon, right? So. Right, we, he's like that was like 600 <laughs> years, yeah, years, right? So, and then you have, and then how many from the last prophet till the time of Jesus?
1: Uh, six, uh, 400 years.
2: Okay, so there's got to be a correlation
0: there between the Lord. from David to the Babylon exile, there were approximately 427 years. Oh, yeah. look at that! What about what about from what about from uh,
2: uh, prophet Joshua to David? I'm curious. I didn't look this up. I just had this question. Joshua to David, yep,
0: four hundred twenty-seven years. Okay, so okay. they were pretty much the exact same. So for- well, I mean, I mean, so that's one of the things
1: that God does. That's that's amazing. So just like the Bible's amazing yeah. because it is like okay, these people are all writing in different locations, and then. Whenever it gets put together, it works. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with like the years and the dates and the times of things that take place, or the locations, even, where you're like, hold on, that's the same location. If you go back, that's the same location that uh, you know, uh Abraham was supposed to sacrifice Isaac, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you're oh really? Oh, that's interesting. Or or the fact that the Ark of the Covenant Went missing. Well, when did yeah. it miss? Went missing. Well, they were moving around in tunnels, and there's a lot of people that think, oh, well, where Jesus was crucified, some of the blood came down and landed on top of the uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Right, and so that would make sense that that would make sense that that actually took place because there's only one thing that can that can uh, get into the Holy of Holies, right? Is the sacrifice of, of blood it has to be blood yeah right some sort of sacrifice has to take place anyway
2: I'm how, how, how many years how many years between uh noah and abraham
1: oh man That's like
0: 500 years maybe 200 years it says 292
2: years okay so there's a bit there's a pretty there's a pretty bit back so that so we're missing a couple of years there but that that isn't that interesting you asked that question like why 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 did Jesus come at that particular period in time and I and I and I don't I don't wonder if it has something to do with the period of exile of the Israelite people because the Jews would have believed at least to my opinion that they were in under Roman exile right when Jesus when the Messiah comes which is why you see evidences like in John chapter, I think it's 18, where Peter pulls out his sword and cuts off the ear of Malchus, right? And then Jesus puts it back on, right? Peter Peter thought he was, yeah, I know, right? That's wild. Peter thought he was
1: starting a war, right? And, and so here's how this, here's how. Well, I mean, is, at the same time, Jesus is like, well, if you have a purse, go get go get your money and trade it for a sword, right? Right. I mean, he was, they were pretty amped up at the time. Yeah. Because they were thinking, oh, this is it. We're going to have our, you know, our Messiah who's going right. to reign forever and he's going to be on David, King David's throne, right? Sure. what they were looking for. But they had mis- misinterpreted.
2: Right. Well, here's where it gets even clearer. When you look back, I think it's in Mark chapter 8 and verse, it's like 31 through 34. And Jesus uh, gives him this suffering statement. He tells Peter, "Look, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to be rejected by my own people." And Peter says, "No, you're not. No, no, you're not. Uh-uh." And Jesus, what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. They thought they thought the Messiah was going to bring them back into power, like bring Israel back as a power. They thought he was going. The Messiah was going to be like King David, right? Hmm. And he's going to put them into military and economic power. And so their perception, right, of Jesus isn't isn't really changed until he resurrects from the dead. Because they're like, Why did this guy die? Like like in, we spent three. Understand it. Right. And then why and then you gotta imagine like the, the days between when they're thinking about like our, the guy we just spent three years of our life with just died on a cross and was buried in a tomb. And he keeps saying that he's gonna be raised on the third day, but I don't really understand exactly what that means. And you had to, you have to think that they were, they were constantly cycling through all the things he did and all the teachings he had, and then wondering like, did we get it wrong? Is this why he died? Right? Because we didn't get it, we didn't get it right, and now we're going to be thrown back into. Now we're going to just going to be in more turmoil, and then their perspective changes when the tomb is open, and it's empty.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes further than that because, if you look at the the two that were walking down the pathway. And Jesus comes and talks to him, right, and explains the whole thing to him. And he did, they don't realize it's him until he, he breaks bread with them, right? But right. You, if you look at it in that context, you re, you realize that they actually thought, you know, he was supposed to be this military leader, mm-hmm. and they were disappointed that it was not that way, mm-hmm. and they didn't understand it because it doesn't make any sense. All these signs and wonders that were performed, he's clearly the Messiah. Why, right? Yeah. So then, yeah, that would make sense why they're they're all. Kind of questioning it,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah, and and it's kind of it's kind of crazy to me that to think about that. Like the the you know he was the one. Like you had all these really great prophets and people and people of God that had come before this time and done a lot of really good things for God and listened to God and obeyed God, and they were seen as examples for the Israelite people. And then, but they had all done they had all had one thing in common one thing in common that they didn't have in common with Jesus sin Mm. where is that what you're going to say (laughs) I should have let you I should have let you say it but so and then he's this one individual who completes you know who does what you know once and for all what what no man on earth could do and and allows an opportunity for both Jews and Gentiles to enter into the church to receive God's grace, to be saved by God, to have a relationship with God—something that was only available to God's chosen people in the Old Testament.
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes I actually question that part of it—that it was only available to the Jews in the Old Testament. Well, because I think as available as it was, well, I mean, it was I mean, more available to them right, because right. God oh. was with them, but what
2: there's no no so there's a there's a passage in here right um look at this uh it's verse i saw it yesterday and i was like that's kind of interesting it's in romans chapter two um maybe we just read it um yeah because okay so so i'm going to go back to 2 verse 12 Um, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law for all who have uh, sinned under the law will be judged by the law for it is not the hearers of the law who are judged before god but the doers of the law who will be justified for when the gentiles who do not have the law instinctively do the things of the law these not having the law are the law to themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, in their conscience, bearing witness, and their thoughts, alternative, is that what I say? Alternately, accusing, maybe another. Yeah, accusing them, them of, of the accusing, or else defending the, them.
1: Yeah. So basically, what I was saying, that everybody, yeah, that's everybody, exactly has right on their heart. Everybody yeah. has it
2: right. So, so they did have the ability to do what was right.
1: Well, I think it's the same thing with everybody nowadays. Everybody has the ability to do what's right. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what it is. It's what you do with that, what you do with that knowledge. I mean, they might not, you might not know there's a Messiah who came and died for your sins, but you know what's right. You know there's something there. Yeah. And then usually God, if you're you're that kind of person, you're going to find a way to find God or God's going to help find you, right? That kind of a thing. There's a, there's,
0: that takes place.
2: Right. Got another question,
0: Caesar? Does Caesar... No, sorry. I don't, I just, uh, with all this typing that I've been in, I just, um... Found a question about the the covenants that God had, and I was just looking that it states that He has like six different covenants that He made throughout history and time.
1: I want to see if I can remember. Okay, you? Yeah.
0: I don't know. It well, do so, you
1: consider the covenant with Abra- uh with uh, let's see, Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, they had one. Noah. Well, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Then, then you had uh, yeah. after that. Oh, did you have a covenant with the one with Enoch? Oh, Cain and Abel, maybe? E- Enoch? I don't know. No, no, no. No, no covenant with Cain and Abel. He was just explaining that there that would be an atonement and that he would have a mark mm. so that he couldn't be killed. And then, uh, yeah, then Noah. That's two. Then Abraham. That's mm-hmm. three. That's three. Then I believe he had a covenant with David for sure. Moses? Mm-hmm. He had a covenant with uh with... Well, Moses and the law, right? The yeah. law is a covenant. Sure. right? Sure. That's the other covenant that he got the, the, yeah. yeah. And then there would be one more before that. There was one more before that. Did he have one with uh, Jacob?
0: I don't know. What, which one are we missing? All right. So we ha- you guys covered the Genesis one, right? Yeah. Adam and Eve. Yeah. You guys covered the one with Noah. Yeah. There's the Abraham. Yeah. Then the one with Moses. Yeah. You guys covered David. Yeah. And then the last one. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Dang yeah. it. That was it. Uh,
1: oh, yeah.
2: You were like making me think there was something before. <laughs> oh. I was like, Yeah, you were making me
1: think. I was like, I know it's Jesus, but I know there was one with Jesus where you're making me think it's think before. Thinking about it, I'm like, Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I thought, I thought, uh, I mean, they, they wrestled. He wrestled with God, but that wasn't a covenant. He, he was just wrestling with God. And that's know. why he, it was Isaac.
2: Yeah, longer Jacob. Well, it's like whenever big events happen, like big things are happening when God makes covenants with people,
1: right? Well, so like and usually a lot of the, co- I mean, if you go back and look at the covenants that were created, a lot of them aren't covenants with man, but they're covenants between God and man by, mm. but using God because yeah. man can't do it, which is the same thing, Jesus, it, right. it's God. There's nothing man did. It's only God that's yeah. doing it.
2: Right. Huh. That's super interesting. Well, should we cut it off here, boys, and uh, pick up the next one next week? Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching or listening, wherever me. Where do you say wherever you may
0: play? <laughs> I missed that up. Wherever, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, And we'll see you on the back pew. <laughs>